Welcome to Equip, a special edition of the Teen Pact podcast brought to you by the Teen Pact Alumni Network. Here, we provide tools and resources to help you navigate your career, grow in your faith, and equip you to glorify God through your talents and passions. Thanks for joining us. Hello and welcome to another edition of Equipped, a monthly podcast presented by the Team Pact Alumni Network. Our mission is to inspire and empower you in the realms of leadership, spiritual growth, and career development. I'm Carlin Sullivan, your host for today, and I'm genuinely thrilled to have the opportunity to talk with our special guest today. We'll be talking with Andy Kaufman. This is the second time to our podcast because he has just so much information to share with us, so we're excited about that. So Andy, welcome. Well, thank you, Carlin. I've been looking forward to this discussion. Oh, good. Tell us, I know you were on before and we had a, a you talk, told us a brief connection with Team Pack, but in case people didn't catch your first episode, which is almost a year ago, can you tell us just real quick y'all, your family's connection with Team Pack? Yeah, I just wish we would have learned about Team Pack earlier. When our oldest son was just about ready to be done at high school, he we'd heard about it from somebody else and he went and he, he loved it. He ran for office. We learned so many things. And I thought it was just a, a government thing. But by the time he was done with it, we realized this is a leadership development program. And mm-hmm. he kind of aged out of it too quickly, we feel like. But our second son was like, wait a minute, I think I might want to go to that. And he did and had the opportunity to staff an intern. And it was just a uh, an amazing experience. And then our third child, our daughter, went through that whole process as well. And and the second and third of our kids also found a spouse, which is not the reason to go to TPAC, but it was a wonderful <laughs> benefit. We, yeah, well, it was, you know, you know, there's, you know, there's, uh, there's broken people everywhere, right? So there's no perfect, it doesn't mean there's like perfect people at leadership, but at, at, at a teen leadership development school like TPAC. But it's one of those things where it, it does attract people that want to be intentional often, you know, and, and we, we feel like, I mean, I feel like to this day, it's just one of the best leadership development programs for that age group. It's it's really tough to beat it. Oh, that's wonderful. And you have a couple of new additions to your family this year? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So our, our youngest two of the five have, uh, have I, I think they might have gone to a four-day class, I seem to recall, but, but they hope to go through it. But then mm-hmm. our oldest two have had children. So now we have future team pack. <laughs> no, I don't know, but, but these, these two grandkids, a, a daughter and uh, a granddaughter and a grandson. And man, it's been, I, I'm loving this, this role of grandpa. That's great. Have, um, are y'all allowing them to choose your grandparent name or had you decided what well, to be called? I didn't even realize this was a thing, Carlin. Until <laughs> it's a thing. A yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. And so I, my, my take was, I'll just wait until the, they, they say it because they often come up with really cute ones, but it seems like Grandy has come out a number of times. Grandy. So not I, self-selected, I but mm-hmm. I don't know. So that's yeah, maybe we'll go with it. As long as they call you something, right? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's great. Sure. Well, thank you for that. So talking about a super interesting subject today that mm-hmm. has been quite the buzzword mm-hmm. in um, business world and even in personal world. And I've come across yeah. it recently and I'm super excited to hear about this course that you've developed, but it's AI, artificial mm-hmm. intelligence, and was actually introduced uh, to it by my son-in-law because he said, have you ever thrown something you're writing in the AI? And I'm like, English, please. I'm always telling him that because he's smart. <laughs> and I, he's like, artificial intelligence. And I'm like, some creepy robot thing. I don't want anything to do with that. And he said, no, just try it. So the more I've delved into it and, and taking your course, which you'll be telling us about in a little bit, um, have found it to be Super interesting, but also a little divisive. You hear people 
saying, heck no, I don't want anything to do with that. Um, there's skepticism, intrigue, a little bit of fear because they don't understand mm -hmm. it. Sure. I don't want to give that information to whatever big brother system is out there that some people believe, sure. you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's hard to look anywhere without seeing references to AI, as you know. Um, so how long ago did you start using it? And what is your um, experience with AI? It's a really good question because uh, I think we could probably argue that you and I and everybody listening to us has been using AI for years and we just didn't know it. Yeah, so it was it was okay. behind the scenes, right? So if AI was driving Google Maps or Apple Maps or whatever mm -hmm. program we were using, we just did it. We didn't even realize it. Or the the software that is in the cameras on our phones. You know, there's there's probably AI more AI that we've been using for years that we didn't really realize it was AI. We just right. thought, hey, that's pretty cool technology. Oh, that's that's saving me time. And where a lot of us really became more aware is when ChatGPT was released in late 2022. And even even then, it was pretty easy to ignore for the first maybe two or three or four months. But uh, my background is I started my career as a software developer. So I've just always loved technology. Yeah. And so if something new comes out, it's just like, hey, you know, let, let's check it out. And check I started out, yeah. with, yeah. And my, my start was like, well, a lot of people have like, Hey, I hear it writes haikus, <laughs> right? <laughs> or it, it, it can does. write a poem, <laughs> right? So it's like, and then I like, hey, that, you know, I, and a little, most people don't know it's, I like haikus. I, I, I like haikus. And so I was very impressed with the haikus they developed. But it, the interesting thing is for those people who have checked it out, sometimes they don't stop or sometimes they don't continue after that. They stop mm -hmm. at just the more of the you know, entertainment part of write me a joke. I, I said some joke about, you know, uh, Jerry Seinfeld and Donald Trump. And I said, somebody else walk into a bar and finish this joke. And, and, you know, it was somewhat interesting and somewhat entertaining, but that, if you just stop there, you know, it's, it doesn't really just, it's right. not clear that there's any value beyond pure entertainment. Mm -hmm. Interesting. One of the phrases you hear people say is that AI won't take your job, but someone using AI will take your job. You actually told me, yeah. told me that quote. So what do you think about that sentiment? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's it's completely true. Like most things, okay. the answer is it depends. But I, I, for example, let's take the first part of it when it says AI won't take your job. Mm -hmm. I I would not want to be a voiceover artist these days. Like the the technology within AI yeah. to make realistic sounding voices is remarkable. Like it, it it has gone so much more quickly than what I expected, and so uh, I think it's reasonable to think that some jobs are going to be a, at a lot more risk. But the way I look at that is automation has been nipping at the heels of a lot of jobs. Maybe, maybe not that one, but, you know, like I still recommend people think about accounting, but I interviewed somebody on in our podcast a while back who said, you know, don't go into accounting just because you're good at the numbers, go into accounting because you're, because you're good at influencing the organization and understanding business and that you can work with stakeholders to understand because mm -hmm. automation has been happening in accounting for years. Mm -hmm. And, and it will continue in almost every field where automation is there. So will AI take some jobs? Absolutely. It will take some jobs. But for, for a lot of jobs, it's less about will AI take the job and more about someone who knows it really well. Mm -hmm. And so something that a lot of people in the business world can relate to. And Carla, are, are you reasonably good at Excel? Like I would think you're a good decently. I'm a more of a Google Sheet person, but my family members are okay. all in finance. They're all Excel people. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And Thank so you. a lot of times there's somebody on a team who 
knows they're like, Hey, how do you do this in Excel? It's like the go-to person for Excel. And you could replace Excel with uh, Google sheets. You could replace it with some internal system, like the HR system, but they're like the Mm -hmm. go-to person for that. Well, I kind of look at AI along those lines of that, that if, if you, if you take the time to like, I want to know how to use this, you can be that person for a team. And after a while, you're getting stuff done a lot more quickly and you know, the world beats a path to people who get things done. <laughs> yeah. And so if somebody exactly. can get something done in a matter of minutes where it would normally take about an hour or so, that's going to help them job wise. And so does that, I, I feel the thing I don't like about the statement, the thing I do like about it is I, I think it's just real enough that we need to at least consider it. What I don't sure. like is it, it makes it more of a fear-based thing. I'm like, I better learn it because I, I need to be fearful. Where I'd much rather somebody go, right. hey, you know what? I want to I want to save time. I want to be more efficient. I I I, I just want to have a, a tool help me. Right? That's mm-hmm. yeah, well, who wants to do longhand math anymore? Why not have a calculator? Right? <laughs> it, it just if you think of it that way, the person who knows how to use the calculator best is going to do the math faster, you know? So I like to think of it as these tools are your assistant or your intern or something like that. Don't think of it as a replacement. Mm-hmm. Think of it as my company just hired an assistant and I can offload some work to this person. And by the way, it's a really smart assistant, <laughs> yeah, but, mm-hmm. but I can offload some of that and they can help me with this. And I, I would never blame an intern if they came up with the wrong answer or if it wasn't perfect, but I'd sure. say, Hey, thanks. You saved me some time. Sure. When I, when I took your course, I thought initially that my first, well, my first introduction to AI was just chat GPT. And I thought that was just it. And there's yeah. so many other ones out there. Um, mm-hmm. Sort of like you can do years ago, it was at Ask G's and now it's Google. And then you have all these other search engines. What right. are some of the ones that you're using most often? And, and what are there some of your favorites that you like? Yeah. Uh, chat GPT more often than any of the other ones, just because the model underneath it is just so rich. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, you think of the smartest person you hang out with and you ask them a question, they'll actually do pretty well. But sometimes you'll be able to ask a question. They go, huh, I don't know. I have to think about that. I've never had the tool come back and go, huh, I don't know. <laughs> or I haven't thought about that. Like it'll, it'll come back with answers. Get so, back to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So uh, it, it does say sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm too busy, I guess. It does every once in a while say that. But, <laughs> yeah. but uh, chat GPT, because the model's just so rich. But you know, one that a lot of people don't know about, I know you know about it because you went to the mm-hmm. course, but the Claude, uh, C-L-A-U-D-E. Mm-hmm. Claude.ai. And it's it's a very rich model. <clears throat> but beyond that, it has a, a, a more safeguards around it. They're really trying to make it a place where like you can't get it to do insulting or, you know, um, things. It, it tries to put more safeguards around it overall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's it's fast. It's accessible. They have a paid version that just came out recently. But I, mm-hmm. I think just the free version is just fine. Just like I think the free version of ChatGPT is just fine. I, I do the paid version because there's some certain things in that that I prefer. But mm-hmm. those are the two I use right. the most. And then Bing, the, the thing I love about Bing is, and first of all, let's just acknowledge that very few people use Bing as a search engine and very few people use Edge as their browser. But Right. You can now use Bing in any browser and it can access the internet in real time. So we, in, uh, uh, in, uh, before the end of the month from when we're recording this, we're going to have some time away out in the West coast. And so I went to Bing and I just said, Hey, we've got these two days. Uh, these are some of our priorities put together an itinerary and include links and estimated time and estimated prices. 
and 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 the links actually worked. They had uh, pictures that were recent for the location, wow. and it put together a pretty decent agenda. Now we're not going to blindly follow it, but it, it Bing can access in real time. So if you go to ChatGPT and say, um, "What's what's the weather for Tampa this weekend?" It'll be mm-hmm. like, "Sorry, I, I that is one of those things I can't do because it doesn't know about it doesn't know about the war in Ukraine." Like it, it stopped like a couple of years right. ago in the training where Bing could uh, give you the forecast for Tampa. Right. And, right. and so that's one of the exercise. That. Yeah. Yeah. So say one of the exercises I loved you had us do in the course was a birthday party, plan a birthday yeah. party. And yeah. you, you say Legos and dinosaurs. And it came up with all the websites, all these favors, what you should serve for food. It was just, it was very, it was just mind blowing. It really was. And it's done in like one second. <laughs> You're just right. thinking, Oh, it's gonna, there's no spinning of the wheel. It's instantaneous. It was really, yeah. really exciting. I have taken yeah. emails even just through working at team pact and have put it in. And you know, if I'm it's kind of struggling over an email and I'm not coming off the way I want, and I'll just put in some general ideas and say, this is a professional email. If I'm emailing a college or something and it comes out so much better. I mean, you tweak mm-hmm. it to make it yeah. sound more like right. you, but anyway, it is fascinating. Yeah. You know, everyone's so comfortable with Google. I hear that I get asked this a lot. I'm sure you do as well. Is how is this search engine per se very different than Google? And um, what does AI do for you that Google does not? Yeah, Can it's so interesting you say that. Yeah, yeah, because just yesterday I was with a group of education leaders and it was the uh, second day of a two day thing. And the last time was about a month ago. And, and one of the data analysts there, I said, Hey, have mm-hmm. you been checking out these tools? You know, kind of like you and I've had conversations. And he goes, No, not really. So I recommended Claude, for example, and in the months since we've met, he goes, it's incredible. And he goes, what I like about it is it's, you have conversations, you have ongoing conversations right. where let, let's take the birthday example. You could yeah. say birthday ideas for a um, 12 year old child, right? If you type that into mm-hmm. Google, you'll actually, you'll get a lot of ads is what you'll get, but you'll, you'll get some ideas. But then if you don't like it, you go birthday ideas for a 12 year old boy who likes Star Wars, you can say. And then and it'll give you another list, but it's not really an ongoing conversation. Each query is a new set of results where, like like you know, because you went to the class, you can say, birthday ideas for a 12-year-old boy that likes Star Wars and is into Legos. And uh, he likes chocolate cake and uh, has a lot of friends local. And we live in the San Diego area. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, you could, you could end up with this prompt that's like 18 lines long if you want, you, you would never do that in Google. Yeah, you know, usually right. it's kind of short, snappy, three, four, five, six, maybe 12 words, something like that. But here, mm-hmm. and then it comes back and you go, hmm, um, I particularly like idea two and three. Would you elaborate more about that? Right. And then it comes back and then you go, hmm, would you, um, would you write the, the email that I could send to the participants about the party? And then it writes email. It's like this ongoing conversation and it takes a lot of pressure off of trying to come up with the perfect first request. It's like just having an ongoing conversation. So I, that's the way I look at uh, the chat GP. It is a chat. It's a discussion. It and really is. It remembers it. Yeah. And I love that even on the invitation, it said, use a Star Wars language. It said, hello, Padawans. Right. You know, may the force be with you or something. It was just so right. creative. And you uh, just keep talking as you're talking to a person and, and you use full sentences. And it, um, it's yeah. not the more detailed that you are with them, the better. And just, and you just refine it, refine it, refine it. So that's yeah, wonderful. That's it. That's um, exactly it. How, say someone's listening to this in the homeschooling world, how would this yeah. benefit like a parent or a student? Because I'm sure a lot of, you know, you're hearing a lot of people putting in their essays and having papers written by AI yeah, and things like yeah. that. How can it be a, 
Um, what are some good parameters I have around that and how can it be a blessing to a student or a parent? Yeah. I'm really glad you asked this question, Carlin, because, uh, I teach MBA classes at a business school in Chicago and I see it there and I see it in a lot of higher education right now, actually, uh, even K through 12, um, watch out. We need to defend against this. In fact, somebody who just graduated from college, she was talking to one of her deans and the dean said, almost like in this evil, like, oh, we can't wait until <laughs> we find somebody who used it and we're going to make an example out of them. Mm-hmm. And my first reaction to that is how tragic, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I'm not saying that plagiarism is good. I'm not saying that at all, but that's a little bit like a math teacher years ago saying, I can't wait to find somebody that's using a calculator, you know, like, well, we're making an example of them. No, it's, uh, it's what, what, if we can take this mindset and I think a lot of education isn't quite yet, they will, but they're not quite yet. This is a tool and this can actually help us. Now Mm -hmm. we don't want to replace the child's ability to think or analyze. And so what are some ways to do it? So, in this last quarter when I taught the MBA class, mm-hmm. I would give some sample prompts. And some of it would, here's an example. Um, here's the subject we're going to talk about in the upcoming class. Please create a 10-question quiz on this topic. Multiple choice. Don't make it too easy. Don't show okay. me the answers until I answer them. And then summarize at the end. And so it's, once again, you'd never do that to Google, right? But, but it would come up with a quiz. And by the way, each quiz was different. What that student got was different from that student. Because oh. even the email to the birthday party, if you're like, I don't like that email, you can say, I don't think I like that email. Would you write another one, only make it a little less formal? And it'll just do it again. So those quizzes come out unique. So mm-hmm. let's put that in a homeschool environment. Let's say a parent's going to be teaching on a topic maybe the parent knows a lot about, or maybe it's something the parent doesn't know a lot about. So you could say, hey, before we take the, uh, before we learn about it, let's just do a little quiz. And you might think, well, the kid's not going to score very well. It's interesting by going through the quiz, it'll get them to be thinking, well, what do they know? Mm-hmm. And the goals, we're not grading this, you know, we're not, we're not, this is not going on, you know, their uh, report card or anything like that, but it's, it's to get them thinking. And then they go and look at the answers. And then you, when you teach it, then you can have another quiz and see how they do. So yeah, I mean, developing a quiz, uh, uh, my wife, Sarah, I don't remember what the math issue was. I don't remember what it was, but she's like, I see what the curriculum's saying. I don't think I understand it. My kid doesn't understand it. I'm like, hey, let's go into chat GPT. And what we did was we said, explain what it was. And I said, explain it like I'm a five-year-old. <laughs> I, th- I don't remember if we said a five-year-old wow. or a 10-year-old, but it was something like that. And our, our, uh, our, our daughter's like, got it. My wife's like, got it. And so you, you can say, you can say uh, like you could set it up like you are an expert teacher with, with uh, particular expertise in teaching, let's say it's a 12-year-old child, 12-year-old child. We are trying to learn about this idea. How can you explain it with practical examples that would make mm-hmm. sense to someone even younger? And then it'll explain it. And then you can have a follow-up. You can say, okay, how would it apply if you wanted to think about it this way? And it will just have this ongoing conversation. So uh, here's one last one. I did this for my MBA students. I'd say, before you submit your assignment, paste what you wrote, that paper, use this prompt. So the prompt will say, here's the rubric for an assignment and what what I'm judging it on. Ask me to paste my assignment in and then evaluate according to the rubric. And then they would do that. They'd paste it and the the chat GPT would come back and say, you know, there were a couple spelling mistakes. 
and this could be made a lot more clear. Now, is that cheating? I don't think that's cheating. If you use a thesaurus or if you use a dictionary, is that cheating? Now, if you ask it to write the paper on blue whales because that eight-year-old has got a report and it and they just take it as is, that's cheating. Sure. But if you wrote the paper and you said, please evaluate this for spelling and grammar errors. And and then, you know, I, I think that's that. And then you could look at it and, and see, yeah, I agree with that. I don't agree. I don't agree with everything that it says. Sometimes I prefer how I write, not how it writes. But it's one of those things of parents could use it to facilitate the learning. I found when I did that with my students, the homework was better submitted and they felt empowered. The one thing I required was if you submit a paper, if you use any of this AI, you just have to say what you did. Mm-hmm. So just give transparency to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I feel like schools at all levels, and this includes homeschool, let's 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 create AI literate kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's create it's AI. Not literate, it's, not, it's not going right. away. It's not it's not Right, exactly. It's it's, it's not gonna it's go away. So instead of trying to defend against it, it's the how do we use it in a responsible sort of way? And we and yeah, yeah. So I, I'd say those are just a couple examples. I have a family member um, who has to write little synopsis each day based on the stock market portfolios or how a stock is performing mm-hmm. and would spend hours each day. Yeah, well, not yeah. hours, but it might be an exaggeration, but an hour or two yeah, yeah, in the morning yeah. analyzing yeah. it and seeing it. Now he's able to analyze it, put in some information, have a conversation and ask them to write it for his boss. And it's done in yeah. lightning speed. And yeah. he's, I'm not cheating. He's, yeah. it, these are my thoughts. I'm telling him what, what the projections are and all that. And they're just formulating all my words and it's just so much quicker. So it is, it is exciting. It's, it's like, it's almost as if they, it's almost as if they delegate it to an assistant or intern exactly, to, to do the exactly. first draft. To an intern. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And the thing is, and I don't think I've really brought this up and I don't remember if we've talked about it uh-huh. yet, but that the thing that we do need to double check is that the tools do hallucinate. They call it like some, like depending on the tool you use, it mm-hmm. won't know or it may give references to things that just aren't true, you know, right. because let's face it, it's trained on most of the training is on the internet. Are there untrue things on the internet? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So if you yeah. go to a webpage, any webpage, you want to have a critical mind and look at whatever the webpage says. Anyway, it's the same thing that comes out of this. So whether it's evaluate sure. the stock market, whether it's uh, there's a high profile case where a lawyer used the results out of chat GPT to quote cases that didn't exist. And, oh, and so, yeah, he got in trouble, right? So, so <laughs> I, I only say that to say you don't you want to look at it with a critical eye, just like you'd want sure. to on anything. So, if it's a fact based thing on a current event, or mm-hmm. you know, you you want to just double check to make sure I got it right. But you know, to the right. I'm to the point where I don't really question Google Maps ninety nine percent of the time. If it yeah. says, "Hey, there's an accent, go this way." I've grown to trust it, <laughs> but, every, but every once in a while, every once in a while I'll be like, no, I, I don't, it doesn't make sense. And, and, but so you, you just, you have to develop trust with it and just realize this, it's going to hallucinate. Sure. I found myself on Google maps turning left and I'm like, I know this isn't right, but you're like, but the map says, and you're like, okay, you right. think you're Sullivan. <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Your class, um, I don't want to pivot to that a little bit has, was, really, really helpful in showing me so many different tools. And I think half of my bookmark page now are all my little AI um, places to go with chat GPT and Bard and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the way in your course, how you made it so simple and you broke mm-hmm. it down and it wasn't because I can get very overwhelmed with mm-hmm. learning technology. You ask my children, they're like, you want to make mom mad, try to teach her something in technology. <laughs> I just feel this anger. I feel dumb, you know, like, oh, I want to understand this. 
Um, but I love the way you broke it down in very short little segments and um, showed videos and how to's. And I'm telling y'all, anyone listening, if I can figure this out, you can figure this out through Andy's <laughs> course. So tell us a little bit about the course you created and what and what made you even want to create something like this. Yeah, I thank you for asking that because I here's what here's what happens. I in fact, even authors I interview now sometimes I'll say, "Hey, if you check this out, what are you doing with it?" Mm-hmm. And whether it's uh, in a podcast interview setting or just in a professional setting, "Hey, if you check this out," I was running into a remarkable number of people that go, "Ah, no, nah, nah, just not taking any time." And that doesn't make me think loser. <laughs> I don't think that at all. But I just feel like there's this opportunity right now, and I, I think it's like the, a window. It's like the window of opportunity. There's going to be a point where it's going to be so baked into all of our systems. We won't even think about it. We'll all be using it. But you have this opportunity to get on the front end of it now. And and so I wanted to help people be able to do that because I just feel like people weren't seriously exploring it. And I feel like when you don't know, it's easier to be fearful. You know, it's easier to be in the camp of AI is going to end the world, which... Maybe it will, Carlin. I don't know. Someday. Yeah? But, but it's one of those things where it's, it's right now, there's so much power in feeling more confident about what it can do and what it can't do. So, if some, so I, I was just uh, reviewing a, a product yesterday that said, this will get rid of all project managers. This tool, this tool can do everything that project manager does. I'm like, oh, great. Yeah. So like that cranky stakeholder that can't make a decision, it's going <laughs> to like all the, all the people's side of it, it's... It, it's going to really struggle to do, but man, it can, if you want some uh, drafts for some things, it's so good. And so I wanted to help people feel less fearful. That That's really ultimately what it was. Be less fearful and more confident and be able to more confidently have conversations with people about what it can and can't do. You know, your course, what I loved about it, it was super easy to take and it just really opened up our my eyes to what was possible out there. And I love just a no nonsense way you you take somebody like me who's not technolo- you know, who's technologically challenged and uh, made it very easy to understand. So how can people get in touch with your course, purchase it, learn more about it? What's the best way to do that? Well, we can put a note in our I mean a link in our show notes as well. Yeah, that's that'd be the easiest way. So that way they don't have to remember. But at ai.peopleandprojectspodcast.com. So it's it's our podcast is called the People and Projects Podcast.com. So ai.that. But still, the easiest way is the show notes for this. Sure. Uh, sure. For this one. And what has been their feedback and response, real quick? I'd love to hear about that before we wrap up. You know, I'd say kind of along the lines of what you said, that eye opening. Yeah. Like every once in a while, somebody goes, this is mind blowing, which is hyperbole. I, but I think it, there are almost always the first time some people see what it really can do, they're, they're kind of like, oh, I didn't know that. And and so the thing that makes me happiest when I hear people say is um, I feel more confident about what mm-hmm. it can and what it can't do. And I'm actually okay if they don't even finish the course because a lot of times what happens is people feel so confident before they get to the <laughs> end. They're they're like experimenting doing their own thing. So yeah. so so it's one of those things that it it's um, we try to make it as easy as possible, as accessible as possible. And when people are like, Oh, I see it now, it's it's a lot of fun. That's great. Well, Andy, thank you. So interesting and exciting talking to you. I always learn something new and I know our listeners do as well. So I know how busy you are and you continue to give to Team Pact. Your whole family does, and we're very grateful. Carlin, thank you for all you do as well. We we love you and your organization. Thank you very much. All right. I'm sure I'll have you back in next year or so. So you keep creating content. We'll keep introducing it. (laughs) That sounds great. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks.